When you've had a long week and want to mix it up with something new and interesting to eat, try Blue Apron's two or four serving menu plans with those hard to find ingredients sure to spice up your weekend. With 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW recommended and wellness offerings. Order now and get $110 off across your first five orders when you visit blueapron.com unique. to the direct video connoisseur. Uh, I am Matt, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Jamie, how are you this evening? I am doing well this evening. I know we're um, ready to go. I uh, you know, bit of a late start tonight. I got I got a late start watching the movie and realized, like, oh man, it, I was trying to watch it, and then I was things were coming up, and I said, uh oh, it's it's not happening. So uh, I, I now I. I, watching that, this is an interesting movie as far as like being late on it um, goes because it's it's one of those ones where you kind of want to, you know, it had a better ending than beginning, but it's still overall, I you know, um, but yeah, so I apologize for 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 the lateness tonight, but uh, and the, the funny thing is, of course, uh, ninety percent of you or maybe ninety nine percent of you don't even know that this is late because you're just going to download the <laughs> iTunes and so you're just like hey, we could have done this at 2 in the morning and it wouldn't have mattered to you so oh exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, what do you think do you, you want to jump right into the film or are there any anything that you wanted to chat about before we get right in there um let me think I can't think of anything I need to get off my chest beforehand yeah i was trying to think of administrative things i do know um i was behind on i i got the um the the podcast last week's podcast the abe lincoln flick um i got that one up right uh on to the talk shoe right away but i didn't uh again i was a little late in getting it onto the archive page and on facebook and whatnot um so i still haven't put it on facebook i'll probably do that after this episode but um so it's uh, always if you can um you know uh, if you can do the either either the podcast, um, you know, uh, subscribe on iTunes, or um, check us out on um, on my page on mattmovieguy.com, and the RSS feed will have it there. So the moment I upload it, within about an hour or two, it ends up on the RSS feed. So so those are ways to get it if um, something comes up and I'm not able to get those on there uh, in a timely manner. But um, you know, because I, I do think, especially that Abe Lincoln one, we really needed to get the word out on that one. <laughs> so, the word out to avoid it i know i know so so I, I i i guess this film here the prince um i i you know i saw john cusack i saw bruce willis 
Uh, I even saw Jason Patrick, and I saw that it was on Netflix, and it was an hour and a half. Uh, and I thought, hey, uh, uh, good deal. Let's give it a try. Uh, Jamie, what do you think? Was it a good deal after all? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I was pleased with this one, and uh, had I, it didn't lose me at all. It didn't um, – not once was I bored or – thought oh my god the shit that we have to watch you know all the thoughts that usually go through my head right um and very early on brian made the comment that wow this is already 90 percent better than most of the movies you watch for this show so this was one that he didn't even mind wow well yes yes so we didn't put brian through the ringer this week which is good now now for me um i did have some qualms with this that kind of kept it from being uh, really good, but they seem to clean those qualms up uh, quick, uh, you know, uh, 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 early enough, I guess, in the film. But uh, one, I, I felt like it, it started a little slowly. Um, but I, you know, one thing they did that was really good, I thought, was um, when when Jason Patrick early in the film, um, we know we kind of have an idea that this guy is is kind of a badass. Um, and that scene where he gets beat up by those punks that work for the drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I was glad that they really dealt with that very quickly. You know, um, me too. And, and go ahead. No, I, I was gonna say I, I want to weigh in on it. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I didn't want a Superman two going on here with the with the jerk at the diner. You know what I mean? I didn't want to yeah. have to wait for that satisfaction. So I was, I was, it, it, it kind of let me know that okay, this movie is like you said. It, you know, or as Brian said, it's better than ninety percent of the films we watched. It, 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 it cleaned up some of its mistakes early on, which I appreciated. Yeah, I agree with that. I, um, that scene in particular when he's got these three guys and they're just beating him down and he's you know on the ground in a fetal position right. i'm like oh god and i um and then you know two seconds later he gets up and he's like i'm not going anywhere and they're like okay buddy we can do this all day if you want and then all of a sudden he just just like he gets he gets at it yes. you know yeah and um and I was like, yeah. And I turned to Brian. And I was like, I was waiting for him to pull out that badass because I really hate seeing a badass or someone you know. Because at this yeah. point, up to this point, we had not seen him do anything really badass before. Mm-hmm. Um, we had reason to believe that he was one, but we had not seen proof of it. And so when he did that, I was just like, ah, I yes. hate seeing a badass get beat up. Yes. I, re- I mean, it yes. really bothers me. When someone you know is a badass just takes a beating and then they don't do anything about it, yeah. and then you have to wait like way later in the movie for them right. to finally get retribution, mm-hmm. I was so happy that this was immediate. I mean, he just jumped up and immediately whooped all their asses, and like that's how you do it because I don't want any of those guys thinking you're a pussy. Yeah. For any amount of time, you know, and so I mean, it irritates me when yes. that happens, and um, I'm just like I. I mean, I understand why maybe a filmmaker might do that. You know, they might say, well, you know, we're going to temper it for a while and then let them come back and then they'll come back stronger. And then eventually those guys will learn their lesson or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I just want to see them whip their ass. That's (laughs) that's what I want. Immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. And we got that. Yeah. And so I was very pleased about that. Um, As far as this going slowly in the beginning i didn't really feel that i was pretty much on board from the very beginning mm-hmm. i like the idea that this is a guy who is going 
I mean, I guess the only slow part I get is the very, very beginning where we get sort of the flashback of, like, the Hitman time. Mm-hmm. But even that didn't last very long. But I am a, I'm a big fan of movies where the guy goes looking for his strung out daughter or whatever. I mean, I would have been totally happy if that were the entire story. Mm-hmm. If if it was like that George C. Scott movie, um, let's call it like Angel or or oh, what the hell is the name of that movie? Where his George C. Scott goes looking for his daughter on the strip and mm, yes. and um yeah. I I just like movies like that. And so I would have been completely happy if the whole movie was just him kicking kicking the asses of little druggy assholes, you know, and mm-hmm. until he got to his daughter and then taking her back home. That would have made me happy. But what we did get here was a much deeper story that, you know, sort of tied into that, which I was also okay with. You know, I felt that, um, like, a lot of times when you try to do something bigger like that, like, oh, yeah, it just so happens that this guy is an ex-hitman for the mafia, and it just so happens that this is the town where this shit went down 20 years ago, and it just so happens that Bruce Willis still holds a grudge because – his family got killed. Normally, <laughs> something like that could make me, you know, groan. Mm-hmm. Could I'm like, oh man, could you have forced this any harder? But this, I just didn't feel that way here. I was along for the ride. I liked the character a lot, and uh, immediately I was on his side. I even liked the little Angela, the little girl that he picked up her his daughter's See- friend. Um, at first, she was a little bit of a cunt. But <laughs> I was gonna say you liked her. I, I no, not in the beginning. Not yeah, in the beginning, but I, she grew on me. See, I, I, for me, I was like, man, the the sooner they could get rid of her, the better. And they finally dumped her off with John Cusack. See, I felt like she was really playing the uh, annoying teen girl too well. And, well, they, and I don't, I don't want that in my movie. But she was <laughs> doing that really well, and yes. um, and yes, yeah, she was in the beginning. I didn't like her, but yeah. she kind of grew on me, and and it. it I did find her character kind of jumped a little bit quickly mm-hmm. because, you know, on one hand, like on one hand, she's going, can you please just drive me home? This isn't what I signed up for. And, I, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with this and I don't want to be here and blah, blah, blah. I want to go home. And then five minutes later, I'm not leaving. Right. I'm not leaving. And I didn't come all this way so I can not know what happened to her. She's right. my friend. And I'm like, well, where was that attitude? She's my friend. I want to help her. Where was that last night? Yes. When he asked you to do this. Back then, you didn't act like you gave a damn. Yeah. So I, I do think that was a little bit quick on her character's part. But I was overall, I was okay with that. I mean, and, and by the time we got to the end, I liked her. And um, the, Oh, also, uh, Jonathan Sheck was mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't expect that. And so... <laughs> When, and he had a small role. He played Frank, the arms dealer guy, the yes. gun store guy. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't recognize him right away. Um, it was the second time that we saw him, and uh, I was just looking at him, and I had to sit up because I was laying on the floor while watching the movie. And then I sat up and I was like, "Is that Jonathan Sheck?" Mm-hmm. And Brian's like, "I don't know who's that." <laughs> <laughs> so I rattled off a list of movies that he was in, and he's like, "No, no." No, and I'm like, he's yeah. like, I'm waiting for you to get to a good movie. And <laughs> <laughs> so which one was no. the one? What was the one that, that there, got him? Well, there was. I don't think there was one. I don't know if he. 
<laughs> I did mention the I did mention the Forsaken, which is a vampire film. Um, it's not good. And he's like, he's like, oh, I know that movie. He's like, but I'm still waiting for you to get to a good one. I'm like, I don't know that there are See, any good I, ones. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't recognize I mean, him Doom now. Generation. I like the Doom Generation, and he's in that. Um, quarantine. Uh, but uh, quarantine. I think it was quarantine two. Um, uh, um, or maybe it was, no, no, no. It was the first one, quarantine. And then, but it was um. Poison Ivy too, the one with Alyssa Milano. Yes, that. that's right. And uh, so anyway, I'm rattling off all these movies, and he's like, uh, no, mm-hmm. no, and no, and even if he knows the movie, he still didn't click who I was talking about. But anyway, I was like, I think it's him. So I looked it up, and it was him. That's and a- so that was somebody that I didn't expect. He just kind of showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, that's a great pull because I did not recognize. I'm looking at him like that. Oh my god, that was him. I I didn't recognize him either. I did. I, I, oh, I know. When I the most one of the most recent ones was the prom night remake. Right. Like bad guy in the prom night remake, and Brian's like, still waiting for a good movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh. He's always been like one of those C-list actors. I don't. You mm-hmm. know. He just. I don't know. I've always liked him, but. He's not all that well known, and honestly, I think he looks really good now. The last time I saw him, he was looking kind of strung out. Like he, there, he went through a really bad period for a while where he just looked really old and gaunt and and druggy. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if he really was or if that was just what he was doing with his character. I have no idea, but I thought he looked good here and um, good and healthy. And that's why it took me a second to, to recognize him. I think. <laughs> But um, so yeah, and him. And did you say Fifty Cent earlier? Fifty Cent was was yeah. Uh, was yeah. Now, now now Fifty Cent. Um, he he has been in a few of the Bruce Willis ones that I've looked at. Directed so so he seems to do these either um, Michigan or uh, New Orleans um, DTV flicks. Um, and and this one I don't know what the deal is. If like this was a um, you know a one day you know, pay for one day kind of deals with him to get him in there or if he had something else to do with it. I mean, one of the things that kind of made me, gave me a, a bad feeling about this film that um, fortunately went away was the fact that we had like five or six um, animations for either production companies or even like the investment group had its <laughs> own animation at the beginning. It was, um, I, have you ever seen the family guy that made fun of that? Where they're at the movie theater and they keep thinking the movie's starting and it's just another yes yes. And yes. So I I was like, what is going on here now? So maybe he was a part of the investment group or something, but he seems to show up in a lot of these. Um, and, and in fact, actually, Bruce Willis seems to show up in a lot of them too. Um, so maybe and they, you know, it honestly breaks my heart to see yeah. Bruce Willis show up in a direct-to-video film. Not that I mean, there are good direct-to-video movies. I think this is one of them, but mm. it it. It just makes me sad because yeah. he was at one point he was box office gold, mm-hmm. and you don't really see him in the box office anymore. And I don't know if he if they feel like he can't, you know. And this is what he's been like, if this is what he's been reduced to, or if I don't know, I don't know what the reasoning is, but it um, makes me sad. Yeah, you know, I wonder. John too. Cusack too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, both. I mean, I'm, I like. It, doesn't it kind of sound strange that with the the Liam Neeson action hero movement in um in in the big in the box office right now, doesn't it seem odd that Bruce Willis is somehow? I mean, I know he was doing a bunch of Die Hard sequels, um, which I think people just got tired of. But you you know, doesn't it just seem like he would be perfect for some of these Liam Neeson 
actioners, like the the, the style of them, anyways. I mean, I am a huge Bruce Willis fan, and I will watch anything he does. I, I honestly, I don't even know of a Bruce Willis movie that I don't like, and that even includes, like, Last Boy Scout. <laughs> I love that <laughs> and, one. <laughs> and um, oh, what's the one that nobody likes? Uh, the boat one where he's the cop. Oh, yes, Striking Distance. Striking Distance. Yes, with Sarah I Jessica love, Parker. Yes. Yeah, I <laughs> love Striking Distance. Yes. It, it's just, to me, he can really just do no wrong. I yeah. I love him. And um, I'm, I look at him and go, yeah, he can still bring in the money. Why not? Yeah. And But, you know, I don't know. Because I don't know, I don't think the last Die Hard movie really did that well. No. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what, though? I didn't even know that was Jason Patrick. You didn't? I didn't even recognize him uh, until you said it. Because I hadn't, I knew that, uh, I knew that Bruce Willis was in it. And I, you know, John Cusack. And I even had noticed 50 Cent. I, I saw his name on the, uh, you know, on the credits leading in. Somehow I missed Jason Patrick. And the whole time I'm like, God, they have so many big people and like mm-hmm. doing, you know, doing parts in this movie. Like they obviously had to throw some money at them and you're not going to, and you know, whenever you see in a direct video film and you see really big names, you're not going to see them a lot. Like right. you're not going to see them for a really long time because they only have so much money mm-hmm. to throw. And you know, they have to throw quite a bit of money at people like Bruce Willis to get him to do a movie like this, I'm sure. Yes, yeah. So, and, but then I was like, well, this guy, the the lead guy, I was like, <laughs> they've got all these other people, right. all these big name people, and then this lead guy that I've never seen before. And <laughs> I'll be goddamned if it's not Jason it Patrick. Jason Patrick, yes. I just have not seen him in a while, I guess. I mean, he yeah. went and aged on me. I didn't, I didn't know. He is not the Jason Patrick from Rush anymore. No, no. Or the Jason Patrick from The Lost boys i guess i forgot that he would have aged and i was the whole time like he reminds me of somebody and who does he remind me of and i kept thinking he reminds me of that guy and i don't know his name but he's a he was in um uh like gone in 60 seconds the remake with Nicolas cage he played the his friend i don't know i mean he just he did the guy that i'm thinking of he always does like little roles Mm -hmm. and I'm like, he kind of reminds me of him, but it's not him. I know it's not him. I don't know who that is. I'll be damned if it was. As soon as you said Jason Jason Patrick, Patrick, I'm like, son of a bitch, that was Jason Patrick. Yeah. (laughs) I'm such a moron. I didn't even. I'm over there picking out Jonathan Sheck, who's on screen for like (laughs) 35 seconds. (laughs) You got that one perfect. I get the entire runtime with this guy, and I didn't even recognize him. What a fool. Well, because for for me, that's what I was thinking about watching this film was like, you know, we see so many of these with these big names on the cover, like Bruce Willis, John Cusack, um, you know, uh, Dolph even, you know, all of these bait and switches. And so to to have a movie like this that was really – I thought was really anchored by Jason Patrick that he gave, you know, because he is, you know, I mean, we, we remember him from NARC, you know, uh, Lost Boys, of course, is more of a fun film. But, you know, I mean, I think NARC was kind of his, his, his breakout one, um, and he popularized the uh, the hoodie with the leather jacket look for, for the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I thought, man, um, you know, him in this film, I think there were parts where the film lagged, or that the film had problems. That he, you know, because it's a direct-to-video movie, there there are certain things that they can't get away with. Like, you know, the car chase scene was lacking. 
Um, and so here we have this car chase scene that was kind of crap. And then, you know, they get into the accident, and Jason Patrick just backs the car, screeches the car back after the other guys get into an accident so he can go and find out who was chasing him. And he's just total badass about it and just nails the scene perfectly. And it just completely wiped away any of that bad taste that was left over from that bad chase scene. Um, there was just a whole bunch of bad edits, and of course, that uh, just uh, overdubs of the girl screaming, which was just really bad. Just, oh, oh, that was just, you know, um, the whole thing just didn't work. But yet, here comes Jason Patrick in to just mop up the pieces, which was just fantastic. Yeah, it was. He really, I mean, he sold it. Mm -hmm. I, I think he took a hold of this role and just went with it, and... I mean, the whole time I'm thinking he's someone I've never seen before, and I'm totally <laughs> buying into this, him being a badass, right. you know. And then, you know, when I find out, hey, <laughs> you do know him very well, as a matter of fact. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's just even – that makes it even better because uh, I don't know – if I had realized going in that he was going to be in the lead, I don't know how I would have felt about that. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that would have changed anything at all, but mm – -hmm. Um, maybe I would have been distracted by that fact, and maybe it was good that I didn't. Well, I think thought, I knew him. yeah, I thought Bruce Willis was going to be the lead, which silly me. Of course, we know he's just going to get paid for his day's work and get a day's work worth of shooting in the film. Um, so I, I thought it was just, you know, I thought he was the lead. I thought he was the uh, the mob assassin whose daughter was kidnapped. Um, it seemed to make more sense. Um, mm -hmm. And which is one thing that's interesting about Jason Patrick's character, saying that 20 years ago these things happened. Um, you know, I think I looked on IMDb. I think he was born in like 66 or 64, something like that. So, um, I mean, I guess we're getting at that point where if he's 50 now, it was 20 years ago when he was 30. His character was 30 when mm -hmm. he did these things, which, you know, I guess that's, that's the reality we have to face is that Jason Patrick is 50. Yeah, and that we're not all that far behind. No. That's, the, that, that's the harsh reality of yes. it is that I'm like, oh, they can't be I – mean, I constantly have to remind myself, <laughs> yes. you know, like, oh, they can't be that old. They're only – oh, my Lord. They like are. today, Nancy Allen is 65 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? It happened. When did she become an old woman? Yeah. She was just wearing that teddy – in Dressed to Kill. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know. It wasn't that long ago. And, you know, or she was just, you know, hanging out with John Travolta, getting ready to pour that bucket of blood on Carrie's head, yes. and suddenly she's 65? Yeah. What the hell? Of course, that was, you know, almost 40 years ago. Um, but it just, it time just kind of creeps up. Mm -hmm. And I probably, that's probably why. Like, I never pictured him being that old. Mm -hmm. And so... It just, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, Will Patton, by the way, is the guy that I was thinking he reminded me of. Oh, okay. I'm actually going to do a side-by-side. -side. I'm going to post a picture of Will Patton. <laughs> and and, and uh, with Jason Patrick, I'm going to post that on our Facebook page. Uh -huh. And so anybody who wants to go to our Facebook page and check that out, you'll see why I thought that. Because it, looking at them now, I still think so. I'm kind of <laughs> curious myself to check that out. I'm kind of curious to see uh, – to see, cause, yeah, I mean, see, because I, I guess because I, I knew it was Jason Patrick. I, I knew he was our guy. Um, but, you know, it's easy to lose his name, too, when you have all those animations that you think are not, you know, are the movie that aren't the movie. That yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's easy to lose if he's the, the top-billed guy, um, you know. 
I think there was like eight. It was like eight different. A, after like they kind of went through a few names, there was eight separate credits. I think that said it was like a uh, a so and so production of a so and so investment of a so and so film. Well, that was a, that was another thing that Brian said when. Uh, okay, I don't know if you ever watched CinemaSins on on YouTube. It's a YouTube no. show. It's really great. Um, where they do like everything wrong with, and they'll just do any <laughs> movie, every any movie from like horror movies to Jurassic Park to Fifty Shades of Grey, whatever. Mm-hmm. He just does all genres of film, mm-hmm. and he does like everything wrong with this movie in like fifteen minutes or less. And um, one of the things he always picks on is when they have like you know three minutes of credits or you know <laughs> yes. three minutes of production companies beforehand. Yes. And Brian threw that out in the beginning because he was like, "Damn, you know? yeah, <laughs> with all of this stuff." And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a Disney movie. I mean, like, you know, when you go to watch a Disney movie, you're going to be sitting there for, like, 15 minutes before the movie actually starts right. for, while they you know, pimp all their shit. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's what that's what it always reminds me of whenever movies do that now. I'm like, God, what is this, Disney? Yeah. <laughs> I, it, the fact that the investment group got uh, their own animation, that, that that's, that's, the, the, that's the reality we're at right now is that, the investment group. So now it's going to be like, you know, a uh, German billionaire, Hans, you know, and it's going to, he's going to have his own little, you know, animation of like little words spinning around and maybe like a cute, like computer graphic, you know, and it's going to be Hans, a uh, Hans investment corporation production, you know? And, and so that, that's what we're going to be dealing with, you know, Sheikh Omar in, in, in Saudi Arabia that wanted to fund a <laughs> film, you know, his, his dad's the king. He's one of the 20 sons. He's going to have his own little animation. It, that's what we're going to that, – that's, that's the reality. It's going to take us 10 minutes to get to the movie pretty soon. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I think a movie like this um, – yeah, I think what it does for a movie like this is it makes us think it's going to be – uh, complete crap, and then we get into it, and it's a better deal. It it sort of sells the movie short when it's you know it it, it I think it takes a movie like this that that should be taken more seriously, and and makes it a little crass, you know. Well, I personally prefer going into a movie thinking it's going to be crappy right, and yes. finding out that it's not right. over going into a movie with high hopes only to yes. only to have them dashed. Yes. Um, <laughs> That is, if I have to pick one, that's what I pick. (laughs) But, um, yeah, and I think this was, this is one of those. Like, it, um, and, you know, I I feel like Bruce Willis was even in it more than I expected him to Mm be, to be honest. I mean, he only had, if you add it all up, he only had a a few minutes of screen time, really. I mean, under 10, I would say. Um, but he was peppered throughout, which kind of gave the illusion that he was there more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, John Cusack had a a smaller role than that, but, you know, I really don't even understand what the purpose of him being there was because that could have been anyone. Yeah. It was not necessary to have John Cusack in the sanctuary role because he didn't really do anything. And I don't really know what the point of that was unless, you know, someone owed somebody like lost a bet or, you know. (laughs) He owed them a favor, so he had to come do their movie. Or I, I'm not really sure what that was about, but um, it it just wasn't necessary to have him. But you know, whatever. Um, Fifty Cent, of course, was in there for no time. I mean, right. that was crazy. Yeah, the lack of screen time that he got. Not that that hurts my feelings or anything, but <laughs> well, you know, it kind of makes me wonder with some of these, like um, but like like 
I, I wonder too if some of these actors are like down there in Louisiana doing another film because you know Louisiana is kind of like Michigan in that sense that um you know you know Michigan has had its economy um, hurt for different reasons you know with the auto industry pulling out and all of those things but you know then Louisiana of course has suffered between um, the, the 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 BP oil uh, spill explosion and and of course Katrina and so both of them are like kind of using film as a way to to, to get their economies back on track. And so they, they both have that sort of direct-to-video, you know, like Lionsgate uh, distributed um, type deal. And so I, I noticed that, like, Bruce Willis, 50 Cent, they tend to be in a lot of them. And maybe John Cusack is starting to move in that direction. And so I wonder if maybe they're down there shooting something else for maybe the same production company, and they're like, hey, you know, you want to do a day over here, we'll pay you whatever for a day, and you'll be in this film too. Um, and so it gets yeah. them a few at a time or something. Yeah, that makes sense, and yeah. I, I don't, and that's not unheard of, yeah. you know. So. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta say, you you talk about how much you love Bruce Willis. I felt like we got some vintage Bruce Willis at the end when he was holding uh, Patrick's daughter hostage. There was a few lines that felt like you know, like uh, Pulp Fiction esque lines or Die Hard esque lines. There, like at least the 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 voice and the cadence and everything. I was thinking the same thing. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, which made me totally happy. <laughs> me too. I was like, yeah, I, I think I had looked away from the screen a little bit, and I heard the voice, and I was like, oh my god, Bruce Willis, you know, this is, where have you been, uh, you know, the past 25 years? Yeah, where has he been? Oh. We, we, Makes me sad. Yeah, we need that Bruce Willis. We need more of that Bruce Willis. You know, we need the, you know, I'll punch you in your pot belly, Bruce Willis, you know? Like, <laughs> that's dead, baby, you know? <laughs> we need that. I, you know, if, yeah, I think the last time I saw Bruce Willis is when he was cheering on Rumor Willis when she was doing, like, Dancing with the Stars yeah. or whatever. And I didn't even watch the show. I just saw, like, it was on uh, some social media or TMZ or something where they were like, Bruce Willis is in the audience. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen him in a long time. That was, mm -hmm. That's the closest I've come to seeing Bruce Willis in a while. Mm -hmm. One thing I thought was interesting with his character is did you notice how – like digitally erased his um his wrinkles were yes. in the flashback scene. Yes. I was like, oh weird. It it it's weird looking yet they still kept most of the gray in his beard. And I'm like, if you had just like done some temporary color on his beard, that would have been plenty enough to make it look you know, rewind him mm -hmm. for some time. And I was like, but it looked kind of bizarre to me the yeah. way that, that his his wrinkles were gone and it looked it seemed pretty clear to me that they were like digitally removed his face was just really smooth mm -hmm. and to me when you do that you know if you do it too much like i felt like they did here it sort of removes all the character from the face too mm -hmm. and he's like a blank slate i don't know it and it was only there were very quick scenes and most people probably wouldn't even care or pay that much attention but um I noticed because I was like, oh, something's weird, you yeah. know, um, and the thing about Bruce Willis is forever, I mean, year, for years and years and years, even 20 years ago, he's always had these, like, deep-set character lines mm -hmm. in his face. He's always been very expressive, and that's one of the things that I've always loved about him, you know, that, that crooked little wicked smile that he does, mm -hmm. um, and he always has had those lines and so you take them out and i'm like what the hell yeah <laughs> who is that <laughs> um so that was kind of weird but 
I guess they were just trying to say, well, this is 20 years ago. But then what it still baffled me because he still had gray in his beard. And I'm like, well, why don't you just give him like some just for men or I know. something or Grecian formula or something well, for, I, for his beard. Well, and, no, I think they tried to do the same thing with the beard. It just didn't work as just well. just didn't work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> is it that? I mean, I guess it, it, it's that expensive or maybe that difficult down there to get that level. You know, maybe you'd have to fly in somebody from L.A. to do the makeup to make. You know, I guess you'd use prosthetics or something. I mean, I mean, when you watch the the clips or uh, commercials of that that show on Sci-Fi, where you know people do uh, you know real makeup, you know, or you think about episodes of Star Trek, uh, the kind of makeup that people do to make Klingons and things like that, uh, you, you'd think that you'd be able to put some prosthetics on on uh, Bruce Willis, but maybe you can't. Maybe it's hard to make somebody look younger with that kind of thing, and so that's it. You just gotta, I guess do it that way i don't know i i agree with you though and and i you know i feel like there were a few things like that that maybe um it's better just to let us uh use our imaginations just imagine that it was 20 years ago right right i mean would you have come into this this episode saying nope i can't do this movie bruce willis I, I, it I, that was looked wh- like it was 20 years right, ago. Yes. Was 20 years. Hell no, because <laughs> right. I love him so much I wouldn't give a shit. That's, uh, you know, honestly. The, speaking about the 20 years ago, though, mm-hmm. for him to be such an such like uh, got his fingers and everything bad going on in New Orleans asshole, did it seem bizarre that he was as loving and – and just, I mean, no, not with just his kid, but with his wife, too. I mean, he was just so, okay, see you later. Oh, let me take a picture of you two before you yeah. go off to school. And I'm like, really? <laughs> the sentimental mom boss. Yes. I'm like, you're, wow. Okay. <laughs> you are living, like, two completely different lives here. You know, you're going to, I mean, you just turn around and you're going to gun somebody down or, right. you know. Have somebody killed in a really horrible way, and you know about all this human trafficking going. You know about this like yeah. these drug dens where they're te- keeping girls all strung out, and mm-hmm. this is okay. All of this is okay, but you got to hurry up and get a picture of your little girl with her mom before they go off to school for the first day. Right. I was just like, what? Well, think about twenty. 20- How weird is that? I was gonna say too, like twenty years ago, before the advent of of uh, camera phones on on. You know, where where yeah. now now it seems like everybody takes pictures all the time, but but back then, you know, yeah, he actually had to pull out the thirty-five right. millimeter yes. calendar calendar. He actually had to pull out the thirty-five millimeter camera with a little yes. thing <laughs> to to take. I mean, he was ready. Yes. So it's not like he just said, "Oh, let me take your picture," and pulled his phone out of his pocket. Yeah. He had the he had the camera with him. Like he went down there knowing I'm gonna take a picture of my wife and my little girl. Yes. I'm and a... I don't know. It just seems weird. Yeah. I mean, how many dads do you know, like 20, 25 years ago, that were all about getting the the, the, the day before, first day of school picture for their yeah, kids? Yeah. I mean, regular dads. Yes. I don't know that many who did that. Much no. less like mob boss dads. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe there's something about about these guys that I don't make. Maybe I don't completely understand their culture. Like maybe, right, right. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the kingpin mafia lead bad guy culture. Maybe I just don't oh. know that many of them, so I can't. I don't have any basis of comparison. But mm-hmm. it just seems a little bizarre to me. And he's got his two henchmen like hanging out right. behind him, like like you know every day, yeah. and then. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not what I expected, I guess. Yeah. And I guess that's supposed to impart to us exactly how much he did love his family mm-hmm. and how much it broke his heart when they were taken away from him. Mm-hmm. 
but it just seemed a little over the top, mm -hmm. I guess, for me. Yeah, yeah, I uh, just you know, and again, that's a little thing. It it is a very little thing, and I don't mean to be so picky. I just it's just one of the things that stuck out to me because I'm like, God, he's really friendly. Like, <laughs> yes. Well, to be such a bad guy, like we're supposed to hate him. He's really friendly right now. You know, he's an awesome guy. They're going to have a picnic later. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I think it's I think it's a good thing to poke fun at. I think, you know, when, when little things like that happen in a movie, I think it's it's they're, they're, they're fair game. I think it's it's plenty worth uh, going after them. Uh, and especially that one, like you said, that was a. I mean, there were a few parts about that that kind of were a little bit interesting for me because, uh, you know, Jason Patrick is sort of, you know, um, he's got this reputation in New Orleans um, as, uh, and in New Orleans, of course, where nobody speaks with a, a, a Cajun New Orleans accent, so nobody's really yeah, from right. New Orleans <laughs> in New Orleans. But um, but in this New Orleans, uh, he has this reputation of being a guy that kind of. Uh, kills everybody right that he's a stone cold killer he leaves nothing to chance there's nobody that can take him out um and yet he um instead of actually shooting the mob boss uh which you'd think that's what a guy like that that could really do his thing would do uh he decides to go the car bomb route and and i guess maybe he didn't you know maybe he wasn't used to doing the car bomb thing so he didn't really consider the fact that maybe that was you know the wife might take the car every once in a while mm -hmm. um and 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 if, if if he didn't consider that um you know, I mean, I mean, I, I could see if he didn't care, right? Like, oh, I'm just gonna throw, you know, put the bomb in here. But um, it seems like that's like the, the, a really bad move, both from a, um, you know, standpoint of, right? If you've got a, if you've got a conscience at all, it's bad, right? Because you don't want to kill an innocent person. Um, you want to kill somebody who's, you know, sort of signed the same contract that you signed, right? That we we we're doing this whole uh, underworld lifestyle, so we understand that we can be killed at any time by each other. Um, and so, so there's that that part of it, but also the part of it is like if you try to put a bomb in a guy's car and he doesn't die, that's it. You've missed your chance because he's Gonzo. You know, I'm sure Bruce Willis's character was not hanging around uh, out out in the open after that for another chance right. to kill him. Um, so it just seemed like somebody who was like the best there was at killing people would have done a better job of of taking somebody out. Um, you know, I could see maybe if he tried to shoot him and accidentally shot the wife and and daughter. Um, and escaped, you know, like something went wrong in the killing, you know, um, or maybe Bruce Willis's character was a, 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 a tougher guy to get. But the car bomb thing seemed too simple, um, and it didn't seem like it fit with Jason Jason Patrick's character. Same the same way, I guess, that the the taking a picture of, of the kids going to school didn't fit with Bruce Willis's character. Yeah, and <laughs> that's another thing too. That he said, I tried to stop them, you know, from getting in the car. Like, he did, we said that we see that little bit of a scene yes. where he's, like, going, no! That's him trying right. to stop them. What about that 30 minutes before they got in the car when, he, you know, they're posing for pictures in front of the car after she says, I'm going to take your car. And then, you know, they're getting right. into the – he had a plenty of time yes. to go, hey, don't get in that car. But he waits until they actually get into the car, and then she goes to crank the car, and he's like, no! <laughs> Which was completely useless, but uh, I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, what did you think they were doing? They're out here posing like it's Olin Mills in front of their, right. in front of their automobile <laughs> before they go to school. They're doing some glamour shots. Right. You got all this time. Did you th what did you then think was going to happen? Did you not think they were going to get into that car? Mm -hmm. Because that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But he isn't very bright. We know this from the beginning when he's talking to his daughter <laughs> on FaceTime or whatever. And 
she's looks strung out as all i mean she looks like <laughs> yes. monica Kina. like yes. she is really strung out like she's been <laughs> hanging out with edward furlong for <laughs> months and i'm like i'm looking at her the first thing out of my mouth was god she looks strung out and then he's like and then you hear the guy in the background oh the fuck fucker the fucker or whatever he yeah. said and then she's like oh i have to go because i have to go study i'm like bullshit you have to go study yes. and he's like okay and i'm like what <laughs> I know. You didn't notice there was something up with her in like two seconds immediately when you were talking. And then she's not even my kid, and I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Come on, Dad. Way to pay attention. Yeah. And for him to have been embroiled in the underworld and, you know, part of the, the criminal, you know, he has this whole criminal background, and you'd think he would be a little more hip to the the goings on um right. like you think liam neeson would have <laughs> i mean he's got a particular set of skills too do you yeah. think he <laughs> if he had talked to his daughter and actually seen her on skype he would have been like okay have fun with the human trafficking i mean it's like yeah yeah it, what is wrong with you yeah, he's like waving the pizza at her remember like oh bye <laughs> yeah. see my pizza can... right yeah. <laughs> gonna have some pizza when i when, you know when you come home and um I don't know. She acted. She seemed suspicious to me. She seemed like she was off. She seemed strung out. She see. I mean, she had those deep circles under her eyes. He did say what's wrong, and she said, "Oh, I'm just tired." But you know, I'm not buying that bullshit. No. I mean, of course, I had the benefit of knowing that something was going to happen, not necessarily knowing exactly what it was, but so, that something was going to happen. And I guess he didn't. But he also had the benefit of I don't know, being her father. Yes. And knowing her. And uh, I just thought that was a little bit oblivious, mm. you know, like, Dad, seriously, <laughs> yes. you know, I mean, I half expected her to hold up a sign saying, help me mm -hmm. while she was talking to him. <laughs> I mean, as it turns out, I guess she kind of wanted to be there. I, you know, I don't know. But um, she, it just for every time the whole time he was talking to her, I kept expecting her to like wink at him or. Mm -hmm. Make some kind of signal, or go help me. Um, <laughs> I just knew that something was wrong, basically. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Well, then he, then he calls. He calls her on Facetime, and like this guy with the 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 hood, the the hat. Yeah. And, I mean, who just looks ridiculous. And it's like that's like the you, you like like for me. I'm already thinking like, oh man, I hope that guy gets a beating later on in this film, you know, because he was just so bad. And of course, we never see him again. But um. You know, I just thought I was like, hi, I'm Beth's dad. Like, yeah. really? Really? I, I mean, any dad, any dad that 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 it has any kind of, like, sense of their daughter. Like, you know, it, it, the moment they see some strange guy with a, a, a knit cap, uh, overweight, <laughs> with, with a goatee, answering their daughter's phone is going to be like, who are you? Not, hi, I'm Beth's dad. You know, they're going to be like, who are you? You know? Like, no, that, that's my daughter's phone. What are you doing on that? Wh why are you answering my daughter's phone as opposed to, hi, I'm best dad, you know? Um, so that that was that was interesting, uh, the way that it started. And, and it was interesting in the sense, too, that we were kind of like, we knew that this guy was going to kick ass at some point. We knew he was going to go down to New Orleans and, and take care of business. Um, and so, uh, you know, I guess when he gets down there and he starts to kind of, you know, he breaks into the her, her apartment, we start to kind of see him form a little bit better um but I, I think maybe that's where, where for me i guess the film started out slowly was that uh you know our, our our main character just seemed like such a dunce 
um, to start with. <laughs> so. He did. He did seem a little thick, mm-hmm. and um, I thought that too. <laughs> like, what? What is wrong with you? Yeah. But um, he did, you know, come around and and that, and so I ended up really liking him but in the beginning I'm like hi he's not paying attention at all no. he's busy waving a pizza at her yes. a pizza, a pizza. pizza. He's <laughs> busy waving a pizza at her and you know she's like I, I don't know if, if she were to pan the phone down you'd see the needle hanging out of her arm <laughs> and, uh, like god damn <laughs> but um you know, it was sweet that he was as caring as he was, and he was. Yeah, I really liked him as a father. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the future he'll pay better attention, but <laughs> to, yes. to context clues. Mm-hmm. But um, I really did like him as a father, and and I like how you know how much he loved her and how much he was willing to do for her. I thought he was really nice to her friend, mm-hmm. um, and he seemed like just a good guy. You know, just an all-around good guy. That even when you find out that the reason Bruce Willis is pissed off is because he killed his daughter and his his wife, um, which is you know that's no bueno. Um, <laughs> like even when you find that out, I still can't be mad at him because right. I I know he didn't do it on purpose. And even though yes, he was a hitman and that's what he did. He killed people, but he killed bad people. And right. so I, I you know. I understand, and he was also really guilty about the whole thing. You know, it was eating him up inside for the past 20 years. So, I mean, it's, you know, you can't be mad at him, and you you just can't hate him after, you know, regardless. And you you want to see him win. You want to see him whip ass. Mm -hmm. You want to see uh, him just, I don't know, mow through these guys, which I I think he did very effectively. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, we get that scene where he goes to the bar, and uh, in New Orleans, and to find Eddie and the the guy that his daughter has been last seen with, mm-hmm. and we he ends up um, running into a guy that he spared this guy's life 20 years ago. As we find out, it was only because he ran out of ammunition, right. which I think is awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know, this, I, it was a little bit heavy handed to me that this guy was like, dude, 20 years ago, this guy cleaned up, he mowed down seven people. You're going to tell him everything he wants to know because he gives me the creeps. Right. I thought that was a little bit much. Yeah. That line Um, at the end, that part at the end, that guy gives me the creeps was a little bit weird. Yeah. That was a little bit much. Uh, But at the same time, um, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, all right. Uh, I, I, what I wanted um, from from then was like all right we're good now I want to see him do that some more, mm-hmm. and he, and we did I mean we yeah. we got he we were promised a badass it, he had this whole reputation um, you know heads are turning as soon as he comes into town because everyone knows who this guy is mm-hmm. um, apparently they all recognize Jason Patrick twenty years later unlike me um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, heads are turning when he's coming into town he's got this reputation people know who he is mm-hmm. and so we're promised. This badass, this guy who can just kill people with just wild abandon, mm-hmm. and we get it. You yeah. know, we we do get it, and I am totally happy with it. I mean, I love the fact that he just keeps warning people. He's mm-hmm. like, "Look, this is your only option. You know, right. I'm gonna walk out of here with my daughter, or you're not walking out of here at all. Yeah, basically, you're gonna be dead. And um, you know, anyone who tries to get in his way, that's what he does. That's what happens. Is they're yeah. fucking dead. And 
I love that he throws his daughter over his shoulder. I mean, she's so <laughs> drugged up. She doesn't even know what's going on. He throws her over his shoulder and shoots his way out of there. Yes. And she doesn't get hit once. Um, and it doesn't throw off his aim or his balance or anything. I mean, that to me it was just like when I was watching that scene, I'm like, this guy is a badass. Yeah. He's got this 100-pound chick just dangling over his shoulder, and he's shooting his way out of here like it's nothing. Yeah. Well, that and, was pretty cool. And tell me they didn't set that up perfectly by having uh, that that dork at the, you know, the, I mean, th- this movie had a lot of jackasses in the film, of course, and they did a, <laughs> they did a really great job of taking these jackasses and, and really, like, you know, putting them out there. Like, we see these jackasses every day in our, our daily life. They're, they're in line ahead of us buying a pack of cigarettes or, uh, you know, yelling to their buddy across the street while you're at the gas station. Whatever they're doing, you know. Um, you know, they're, they're – they're, they're, but, but this film, it seemed like they – you know, a lot of these Louisiana films that I watch, these Louisiana or Michigan uh, DTV flicks, they actually elevate these characters to being, like, bigger deals or they, they kind of – base the films around them and it, it kind of hurts my sensibilities um but this film i, I really like that they had that jackass at the door of uh 50 cents place where jason patrick goes in and he takes uh, he frisks jason patrick and takes his gun from him and um we knew jason patrick was going to get that back right we knew like even though he says it we knew also that he was going to you know uh, get that back from the guy, and we're just waiting to see how it was going to happen. And the way they use that to have him go into Fifty Cent's room, and that guy is behind him, and you know Jason Patrick is just essentially telling him, like, listen, you know, uh, I, the the warning I'm giving you is that if you don't let me take my daughter out of here, you're dead. Uh, so if you want to stay alive, you can let me take my daughter out of here. Um, and we're just kind of waiting to see how he's going to get the gun off of that guy. And when he does it, I mean, the rapid fire shooting, the way he cleans out that room was so fantastic and for that to be the start too because that's like just the start of like what you said where he takes his daughter then puts her over his shoulder carries her in front of however he's carrying her throughout this place and just shooting his way out um, yeah like you said that was i mean th- the whole film had kind of a, an old western feel yes yeah was, that's exactly what i was thinking about mm-hmm. and and that was for me that scene was almost the culmination of it like it was just so so uh, real, like you know, like like John Wayne without any problematic aspects to it or whatever, you know, like no. Yeah, man. He throws the he's like throws Miss Kitty over his shoulder and kicks open the saloon door mm-hmm. and starts just mo. Not that John Wayne ever was on Gunsmoke, but I mean, right. But I'm, yes. just, I'm using I'm just pulling Western tropes here. People, roll mm-hmm. with me. Right. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I that that's exactly what I was picturing. Uh, the whole time I was talking about that scene, I was mm-hmm. picturing it being like a western, and then like you just see him just like tossing her over his horse, mm-hmm. jumping yes. on and riding off, and um, it's just he just mows through the place and then takes off, mm-hmm. and I lo- I loved it, I really did, I was completely wrapped up in that whole scene. Uh, the only complaint I have about his daughter is that I think it took her, she got over her, she got over her deal a little bit too quick. Yeah. Um, you know, considering as fucked up as she was and, and all that that was going on, I think she would have spent the rest of the movie puking and, and <laughs> having the DTs and curled up in a corner with a cold sweat, yes. not really being able so much to pay attention to what was going on, much less help her dad. Like, mm-hmm. let's go home and wa- and help her yes. dad walk out of the building at the end. But I'm going to give him that, too, because I don't really care. I mean, she was a minor character when you know when all is said and done. 
it really had nothing to do with her. <laughs> she just was the reason that he was there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, whatever. But um, I did think that was kind of funny, though. I'm like, ah, well, she's off- she's awfully mobile to yes. <laughs> to, to be uh, in the situation she's in, but whatever. Yeah, what do they say? Um, oh, she threw up a couple times. She's going to be better. That, that was what the yeah. friend said. Yeah. yeah. That, she's that. like, ah, she'll be better. And yes. he's like, well, at least he then said, no, it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah. Which is true, but I guess they just timed her getting worse till later, so we don't need yeah. to worry about it. Um, yes. <laughs> I like the fact that he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Oh, oh, a big thing that I that I, while we were watching this is that when we see the scene where after one of his battles, you see him sewing himself up when he's at John mm-hmm. Cusack's house. Yes. And he has bruises on his chest and on his arms. Mm-hmm. And that made me so happy because as much as I love my action heroes, I get kind of tired of seeing them go through battle after battle after <laughs> yes. battle after battle and walking away without even a scratch. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be like maybe, you know, a cut over their eye or something like that. But I'm like, you take off your shirt, you're going to be covered with bruises. Mm-hmm. If you get into fights like that, I don't care if you win or not, your flesh is going to be bruised. That's mm-hmm. what happens. If you get hit, you bruise. You're not fucking Superman. Right. <laughs> and you may be a badass, but you're not impenetrable. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to bruise. And so when I, they actually took the time to give him bruises, I was – Thank you. I, yes. I just I really like those little bitty things. Those those little bitty nitpicky things make me happy when they take the time to do it. And I think a lot of times I don't know if they just don't think about it. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know if they don't think about it or if they don't want maybe they're trying to give the illusion that their guy is you know, he's he's so unbeatable that he just doesn't bruise or something, you know, which is just completely unrealistic. What we got here was realistic. And and even this the part where he was sewing up himself, I thought the makeup looked fantastic there. Mm-hmm. To me, it actually looked like he was sewing his his actual skin. Yeah. So unless they paid him extra to cut <laughs> to cut right. a gash in his stomach and sew up his own skin, then that was some damn fine makeup. Well, and so that make, begs the question that perhaps that makeup person, maybe they only had that makeup person for a short period of time. Or, or could that makeup person have made Bruce Willis look younger for that scene instead of digitally doing it? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how yeah. that kind of thing works. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, like you talked to, I think touches like that, because, again, you know, um, some of the things they tried to do, they just did not have the budget or the, 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 um, the means to, to pull off, uh, the resources to pull off, like the car chase scene. That I just thought was was like woefully inadequate, um, but other you know the, I think I, I like it when a film tries to make up for it with touches like the ones you're talking about there. Um, it it shows that it is the film isn't an afterthought to these people that uh, you know and, and, and I guess it allows me to forgive something like the car chase because I can say okay you know they tried they tried to do the best they could with that car chase even with the the resources they had they maybe something happened who knows maybe a shot that they wanted didn't take. Uh, so they had to splice things together, which is all we we did get a lot of splicing in that chase scene. Um, so who knows? Who knows what happened? But you know, if you see them pay attention to other details, it's very easy to say, okay, something must have gone wrong with that, as opposed to going like, oh, they just didn't care. Right. Right. 
and to me that's okay i mean i am much more willing to forgive mistakes or, or accidents than i am just not giving a damn right. and we've we talked about that i think it was last week we talked about that extensively mm-hmm. when it comes to asylum films and uh, there's a big difference uh, between not giving a damn about your final product and not being able to do something uh, about it. And I will forgive you for being, for having a low budget, and I will forgive you for a lot of sins, a myriad of sins, as long as you impart to me that you care mm-hmm. about what you're doing and you're trying to do your best. That's what's important to me. Exactly. And, um. So I'm not going to fault you for not having the money to do something big, but I am going to fault you for not giving a shit right. because you expect me to pay money to see your product. So I expect you to care about what you're putting out there. Yes. And I really feel like this one did. I, I felt like this was a guy. I like this movie a lot. I mean, <laughs> I really do. As, as a matter of fact, when um, I, I think we ended up giving this a four on Netflix. Wow. And it, it was averaging like a three. Mm-hmm. And um, Brian kicked it up to four, and which I didn't even tell him to do that. I was going to say at least a three, or I said at least a three, and he gave it a four. And I'm like, hey, good for you. I think it deserves that little bump in the average. You wow. know, um, I am okay with that because we both had a good time with this one. This is one time he did not bitch. He did not complain. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think that might be the best recommendation. It's one thing if you or I recommend a film, but uh, for, for Brian uh, to say, <laughs> hey, I, you know, to, for him to give it a four unprompted, I think that is the best. And, and again, I think it's good that we can, we can watch a film like this and tell people, hey, don't, you know, any fears you might have had by seeing those names flashed on the cover and having been burned by films in the past. Uh, this one's not going to burn you. This one's going to deliver. So, you know, go out there and check this one out. Um, I think it's good to be able to do that on a film like this because so many times for us it's the other way around. We're saying, like, this is bad, you know. To, you know, to, uh, avoid the siren song of, of these these faces on the cover and, um, and, and and skip it. We're actually able to say, hey, no, 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 it's, it's good. It's good. Check it out. Um, and I like that. I like that we can do that for once. Hey, who are you telling? I like it too, mainly because it means that I didn't have to suffer through a shitty movie. <laughs> yes. I I got to watch a good movie for this, which yes. we do on occasion. We've right. watched a lot of good movies. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if you were to weigh out the ratio. I think the ratio yeah, of good to bad so usually falls outside of our favor. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's it's always a pleasant thing when I get to walk away with a movie smiling yes. and thinking to myself, "Hey, I get to say good things tonight." You know, yes. it's 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 fun for me to get to not only watch the good movie but then talk about the good movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm it's probably fun for our listeners too because how often do they get that? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe that's the place to leave it that is that this is it's good and it's good in a way that we enjoy talking about. I don't think we had a single digression in this episode so i think that should tell you the last time we had that happen was wolf cop which was another great one so uh the the digression meter was low uh so yes i think everybody uh should definitely check this one out so jamie why don't we uh take a look at what have you got going on in uh other projects well uh just today i had the newest episode of devour the podcast drop and 
in that one, we were talking about... Yep. I can't remember what we were talking about. Um, I know that David, uh, one of my regular co-hosts there, is on hiatus. So Mike Merriman from Evil Episodes, the show that I do with Brian and, and Mike, um, he dropped in mm. to do a guest spot to talk with Bo and me. And... I honestly can't remember what the movies were. Oh, We're Still Here was one of them. Okay. And um, they, so he dropped in to talk, and that's a ghost movie with Barbara Crampton. Mm. All, so. Um, so that was fun, and that just came out today, so people can check that out if they choose. Uh, we've got a new Evil episodes that we're going to be recording uh, probably tomorrow where we're going to be talking about Killdozer, mm -hmm. and that's exciting. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Skeleton Crew is still pumping out our pre-recorded Nightmare on Elm Street uh, retro, and uh, the f episode four just came out um, Monday. So that's what I've got going on there. Now, now, episode four, was that the one that was in 3D? Or was that five? That was five. Five the, was 3D. The, okay. the end, like the last, or was it six? Shoot. I think it was six. It was six, okay. It was like the the la yeah, like the last ten minutes or fifteen minutes. Right. Three D. Um. Yeah, four is. Nah, it's not that great, but it's not as bad as five or six. So right. there's something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a sense I think after, maybe after three or after four that it was like uh, they had to keep making them. Um. You know, there's there was a. Uh, uh, I guess a sense that same with the the, the Friday the Thirteenth. Even though I I liked I liked Part Eight. I liked Jason Takes Manhattan, and I also like Six and Seven. Um, so those ones seem to keep moving uh, well. Whereas uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe they felt like they had to keep up keep up because they, they were the other big franchise at the time. Um, yeah, I think that's it, and I really feel like Friday managed to hold itself together quite a bit better than. Nightmare or Halloween, mm -hmm. uh, which was another big franchise. It, that one just, ugh. yeah. Um, it. Mm, yeah. I think of all of those. I mean, it's just Friday was the one who managed to still maintain. There are some Fridays I don't like uh, right. when we get closer to the end, but even then, overall, I think they have a higher ratio of good to bad. So. Yeah, I think the one that a lot of people don't like is Six, and for me, Six has a special place in my heart because it was like the first one I right. saw. Because I kind of like I, I was young and didn't I was afraid. My all my friends were watching them before that, and I was I was afraid of how scary it was going to be. And then I actually watched Six with my friend and realized it's not scary. That they're actually a lot of fun. Um, it kind of it kind of kindled my interest in horror. I didn't realize that they you know horror movies were that much fun. I thought they were just supposed to be scary. Um, and so six always kind of has a place in my a special place in my heart, um, but uh, I, I felt like seven and eight were kind of you know they they sort of the, the series kind of bounces back. Um, cause I, for me, my favorite is four, but that's just because it's Crispin Glover and Corey Feldman. Um, but and Ted White, uh, Ted one White. of the best Jasons ever. He yes. was such an angry Jason, and mm -hmm. uh, he just ripped through those teenagers beautifully. <laughs> yes, he did. I love that one. That that is. Such a good movie. It is. It is. I always loved Six too. I yeah. I have, I, well, Six was filmed in Georgia, oh, and okay. I actually went to high school with one of the girl, one of the the little camp kids mm -hmm. that's in the movie, and she has a speaking role even. But I went to high school with her, and so Six is very close to my heart. I love it very much. I didn't realize that that many people didn't like it until I started 
doing podcasting right. and um, it, a lot of people complain about the fact that it was as comedic as it was, but mm-hmm. I always enjoyed that aspect of it. I it never, it was never a problem for me, but, um, you know, I personally, I think eight, uh, or Manhattan is pretty boring. Um, that Jason just sort of stands around and looks a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, Try this. The next time you watch that movie, every time Jason peeks around a corner and go, hello, <laughs> just do that. And you will crack yourself up at how many times you get to do that. It's really that's, fun. That's, <laughs> yeah, see, I think that one, I think maybe eight is another one that kind of, um, you know, it, it just kind of, I don't know. I, I think I saw that one in the theater. Um, but Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, with a trailer like that one had yes. uh, with Jason on the rooftop and, and, you know, they're playing New York, New York. How could you not see yes. that in the theater? I yeah. mean, Yes. He kind of had to. And he was on Arsenio Hall promoting right, that's that movie. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that was, you know, I mean, that was a different, it was a different time for, for those movies back then. Um, and um, and I, I think really that's what it was. I think that, that Nightmare or Friday the 13th still had that, that power. I mean, I mean, Halloween, I think more than any of them really dropped off. Like they were almost oh, direct to video at that point. Shit the bed. Yeah. It, it, it was so, it got so bad in that franchise. And they were just trying to – I mean, they tried to turn Michael Myers into another Jason yes. and just didn't – it didn't work for me. I mean, a lot of – there are a lot of Halloween fans out there, and if some of them are listening, I'm sorry, but I just – that franchise is terrible. It really is. I mean, it starts out wonderful and it starts mm-hmm. out really strong, but once you get past part three, I'm pretty much done with it. I think H2O – um, on multiple viewings, I've kind of come around to that one, particularly the end of that, like the final chase scene I really like. But um, the f- four is tolerable, but five and six, oh, yeah. what the hell? And, I mean, <laughs> just quit it. Um, yeah, I, I felt like they were just trading on the name at that point. They just, you know, and, and maybe with Nightmare on Elm Street, it wasn't so much that they were trading on the name. It was, it was more like they, the studio was demanding sequels. Yeah, well, I mean, Freddy was, he was a very he was a popular character Mm -hmm. and you can see when you're watching the nightmare films in a row, like I did to do this retrospective, you can see the moment when it switches from Mm -hmm. being about nightmare, about nightmares in general and trying to be scary to, to when it switches to being just the Freddy show. Yes. And that I think was a really big mistake. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was just, you know, I, I think it, 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 I think with anything that's in Hollywood, I think that's the problem with Hollywood is that, and now it seems to be like with direct-to-video because now they, they do direct-to-video sequels of Hollywood films, but it, it seems like that's that that's anything with Hollywood because the money is there, that there's there's always going to be that one sequel. I, well, you'd think it's always going to be that one sequel too many, but sometimes it seems to be two or three sequels too many. Yeah, as we see a lot in the horror genre. Yeah, especially. Like Hellraiser. Oh. Yes, yes. Goodness. Amityville Horror, that's another one that just, what the fuck? I mean, by the time we're done with that franchise, you've got a haunted mirror, a haunted clock, a haunted (laughs) lamp. And seriously, I mean, I keep waiting for them to be like, oh, the haunted bedroom slippers. Yes. Or it just, they just ran out of steam Mm -hmm. and tried to force it. And you, it just you can't. That was you it. Gotta, gotta put your money and your and your time into something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. That was, but anyway, uh, I get off I get off on that all the time. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. People are like, talk about something else. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why you know? Exactly. <laughs> all 
Well, I I guess for me, as far as things, I I I, I again, it's a whole lot of nothing um, going on with me. And in fact, I'm like in such a bad spot now. I'm forget doing blog posts. I'm having trouble uh, keeping up with getting our our podcasts up. Um, like I said, I'm getting them up on iTunes. I'm just not getting them um doing the Facebook. You have one job. Yeah. I know. I gotta get that. I know. I I know. With, to, between you and me, I I you know we we both do. Uh, if we together, we do about five or six podcasts. But really, um, you know, I I, I just do the one. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. But um. But yeah. So I I'm still uh I you know hopefully at least at the very least we'll try to get the the this the podcast so that's like more regular um and i know um you know there's some messages on facebook we've got i I, I would answer um i haven't even checked my yahoo email for um director video connoisseur in in months so who knows people are probably like saying will you review my film and they you know they wouldn't have heard back anyway probably if i had read it but they're really not hearing back now because i haven't checked it at all um so yeah hopefully hopefully we'll take care of all that i probably got an email too from uh my my domain uh company telling me that I need to refresh I need to update that because if I don't update that somebody else is going to grab my my domain and that 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 would be a lot of fun that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so oh. I'm going to say when, some, oh go I'm ahead sorry. oh go ahead I'm sorry oh no I just remembered something that I did I went to see the Jaws 40th anniversary mm. re-release this past Sunday they're doing it again tonight um Fathom Events is doing that, and uh, it's like simulcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to that, and then after we did that, we went to Jaws Jumbo Burgers, and um, <laughs> is which is a Jaws themed burger place here. Oh, oh, that sounds and nice. So it was, uh, it was, it was really fun. I mean, the burger place is a, it's a tiny little hole in the wall place, but um, it's a really cute idea. Really nice people, and the burgers are good. So um, that was a fun experience. We had a whole Jaws day on Sunday. Now that oh so. man I like yeah that that I I love the idea of Jaws Burger that just sounds like a pretty sweet deal I'm like you know um, and and seeing Jaws in the theater like that would be awesome as well I would love to check that out 40th anniversary already I know yeah. it's crazy see that's what I'm talking about I know we were just talking about that <laughs> well I guess I guess at that point it's it's kind of past my bedtime it's probably time to turn on Matlock and and call it an evening. Um, but thank you all for because we're so <laughs> getting up there in age now. Suddenly, with with all of these these milestones or these people hitting hitting. I'm gonna watch Murder She Wrote. Right, exactly. Murder She Wrote and, and and Matlock on the Hallmark Channel. We're gonna go take care of that right now. But thank you all for listening. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week here at the DTV pod uh, DTVC podcast. Yep. Have a great week, guys. Thanks. Goodbye, everyone.
Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.